right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. Full episode with Chuck and John will be out later this week. We are currently going to have a, uh, a big brainstorming session to figure out what to talk about. Nothing's really happened in the last week. It actually feels like NBA news slowed down kind of after the Marcus Smart thing. So but don't worry. We'll figure out something. If you want some more Fast Break Breakfast, uh, last week I did throw up a, a 15-minute video of me going through some old Memphis Grizzlies cards. So if you're a Grizzlies fan tuning into this episode to hear me talk about the Grizzlies, uh, know there's another 15-minute video available on our Patreon page where I make jokes and recollect about 50 of my favorite Grizzlies players as I open a case of basketball cards. So check that out and you support the show. If you want to join for $3 a month, you can access our Slack chat. And again, look out for fantasy basketball signups. We'll be doing those uh, coming up probably mid to late August. So just pay attention there. Uh, support the show, patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Also, if you're buying tickets this summer, remember to go to seatgeek.com and use the code fastbreakbreak and get $20 off your first order. Why SeatGeek? Well, my friend Zach tell you all about it. Uh, buying tickets, listeners, it used to be overwhelming. Did I miss a, a deal on the secondary market? I got to check 20 different websites to make sure I got the right deal. Wait a second. Did I check where exactly the seats are? There is, a, a, is it an obstructed view? Did I miss a great deal over here? SeatGeek has changed all of that. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to any type of live event, an NBA Finals game, for instance, a concert. It saves you time and it saves you money. It collates all of the secondary market into one place so you don't have to type in 20 different sites. You just go to one. It has an easy color-coded system to tell you if you're getting a good deal, an under-market deal, an expensive deal, where the seats are, what the seats typically cost. It's very easy to use. It's fully guaranteed. And right now... My listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. That can be a, a high percentage of like a baseball game or a concert ticket. All you have to do, download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code FASTBREAKBREAK. Today, that's promo code FASTBREAKBREAK for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Fast break and another break. Fast break break. My guest today works for the Memphis Grizzlies media arm, Grind City Media. He also appears on the Grizzlies radio network on the Chris Vernon Show, which he also produces and provides color commentary for the Memphis Hustle broadcast, John Roser. John, how are you? What up, man? Hey, do I call you John? Do I call you Roser? What do I call you? Uh... John works. I mean, I, I, since I'm not at work right now, you can just yeah, you can call me John. Because I feel like Roser is just something I get like Worker High School is what okay. I get called Roser. But your your friends call you when they're not at work. Call you John. Uh, both <laughs> actually, yeah, I get both for my friends too. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna John's a pretty common name. Yeah, yeah, like John's a pretty. I thought like John's a very common name. I don't know if you knew that. John's a pretty common name. No, and I mean, is not common. Our, yeah. uh, one of my co-hosts. His name is John. Also spelled the same as yours. So, I mean, well, I'll, yeah. call, I'll call you, you John. Going? I'm not gonna throw the nickname on you yet. I mean, I don't. We haven't spoken much, so I don't want to. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm a. Uh, yeah, this is my, my first time on the podcast. That's uh, you know exactly. 
we'll keep uh, it. Let's see how this one goes first. Yeah, that's right. And then 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 we'll pull out the we'll pull out the nicknames next time. All right. Well, we always start off talking with our guests about breakfasts. I actually heard on the Chris Vernon show last week you guys were covering some of the best breakfast spots. In Memphis, this is interesting to me because I, I frequent Memphis uh, a lot, going to Grizzlies games. So, uh, what is your favorite breakfast spot in Memphis? Um, I'm 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 pretty I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist when it comes to that with Memphis. So Bryant's to me, um, you can never go wrong. Now it can suck sometimes because you have to stand in a massive line, um, and especially if you go in the summer months because you're standing outside a lot of the time. Oh, uh, before you could even get in the place. Uh, yeah. Cause it's always safe, especially on like a Sunday morning. It's, I mean, it's Saturday and Sunday morning at Bryant's are, I mean, absolutely, you know, a madhouse there. Um, sunrise, the new spot that just opened downtown. I mean, it's been open for probably a little over a year now. Uh, sunrise is great. Uh, that's the, I don't want to get this wrong. I know Craig from central barbecue is one of the owners. Okay. And I want to say the other one is Ryan trim. I, I, I hope I'm right about that. Uh, who owns Sweetgrass and, uh, next door also here in Memphis. Um, you know, the arcade side to me, I've never, I've actually, and I live, I live like down the street from brother Juniper's, but I've never actually eaten at brother Juniper's. Um, I do have this kind of opinion on breakfast food, though. Like, Oh, this is the place for it. <laughs> well, it is tough to mess up breakfast food. So, like, if your breakfast food sucks, then that says something about your spot. That's fair. It's like... Because I'm, I'm pretty basic with breakfast. Like, I, dude, I'm like, man, get me some bacon and eggs and, like, a biscuit, and I'm straight. Like, that's all I need, you know? That, that's all I really want for breakfast. And if you... If you screw up bacon and eggs, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I've only, like, recently, like, in the last, like, two years, probably started, like, teaching myself how to cook food, um, how to, like, cook and actually, you know, do different things with food. Um, and, but even before that, I could always cook bacon and eggs. <laughs> I mean, I've always been able to do that. So if you can't do bacon and eggs, man, there's, man, there's something seriously wrong. <laughs> I think that's a great take. That's a good, it's a good Spartan meal, but it's also, what more do you need? I'm with you. Like what, you know, bacon, eggs. I, I have to be honest that like, I don't, I don't indulge that much on breakfast, but I'm telling you, just make some eggs. I'm good to go. That's all I want. Coffee and eggs. Exactly. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You throw me like three eggs and like two or three strips of bacon. Perfect. I will say I keep getting all these Memphis breakfast recommendations, but every time I'm in Memphis, like I don't know. Maybe it's just recently. I, I'm excited that I'm I'm like have a free night. Right on, I'm like I'm by myself. Maybe I don't have my young children with me, and and I go a little hard, and then and then on 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 the next morning I'm like no I just gotta I gotta drive home. I just can't. I'm not I'm not standing in line for a burnt. <laughs> I, I gotta like I gotta I gotta get out of town. Maybe I'll catch a donut on the way out. But uh, <laughs> that's that, about that it. That is how I that's how I am in New Orleans. Oh yeah, there you like, go. Like just get me out of the city. <laughs> like just get me out of here. After, after a Friday night and a Saturday and an all-day Saturday in New Orleans, I'm like, all right, just get me out of here. I'm ready to go home. Yeah, well this is I'm excited to have you on to talk Memphis Grizzlies because I've been shoehorning in Grizzlies references to the shows like the almost like Bill Simmons with the Celtics. Every show I keep talking about like like Garrett Temple has no bearing on this conversation, but I keep bringing it up. But so now I can actually talk about the Grizzlies. Um I'm vaguely concerned. Like, I, I feel like I like the moves the Grizzlies have made, 
But I'm concerned it all feels like a PR trick for me to like the moves. Like, it seems like they drafted Javon Carter because he had a great story about, like, he's just a hard worker, he's a hard hustler. And I think I've become too cynical, and I'm worried all these free agent signings and their draft picks. I mean, obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. looks amazing. Can't screw that up. Uh, you, you can't try to sell me something there. I saw that. I, I believe in him. But uh, the rest of the moves, I'm worried they're trying to capture this grit and grind thing, which I kind of think they should let go of. So can you assuage any of my fears, or do you think there's anything there? Uh, no. Because, I mean, I, I think I, – I, I wouldn't call it a, like a PR stunt because, I mean, the truth is about the guys that they've, you know, let go or traded, uh, that they've traded – um, and the guys that they've that, that's different about the guys that they brought in is that the guys that they brought in um, are competent basketball players. And <laughs> yeah, as someone no, I, who is there yeah. for and so, someone who is there for every home game <laughs> um, and has to go in the locker room after the game, I saw a lot of incompetent basketball last year <laughs> um, in FedEx Forum, and. You know, the truth The truth is, when you walk in the arena a lot of the times last year, I mean, the majority of the times, I would probably say, you know, 90, I'd probably say, you know, 35 of the 41 home games. You know, if we take, well, if we take out, like, the great start they had, the, you know, 5-1, and 11-7, whatever, if we take out that, the last, you know, 60-some-odd games, the last 60-some-odd games, I mean, you went into those games, um, whether they're home or the road, and probably – 50, let's say it's 63 games, 55 of them, um, it, you, you genuinely felt like uh, they're going to lose. It's just a matter of how much they're going to lose by. And I don't think with the guys they've added, I don't think that's the case. I think next year you can genuinely, as long as everyone's healthy, you walk into the arena um, and you doesn't matter who we're playing, you're going to look up and say, Whoa! Like Grizzlies have a chance to win the game. Like we, the Grizzlies could actually win this game. Um, and I know that may say sound, sound crazy to some, but for being real about it, I mean, last year when they were healthy at the beginning of the season, they beat Houston twice at the beginning of the year. They beat Golden State. You know, beat the crap out of Golden State at FedEx Forum. Um, which Steve Kerr even said, he's like, this seems to be like a yearly tradition. Right. We come to Memphis early in the year and we get our brains beat in. <laughs> so I mean, they, they they were when they were healthy at the beginning of last year. Um, they were very competitive. And so I think with the guys they've added, if, if you know, everyone's healthy, that, yeah, like they, they will be a competitive basketball team next year. Does it mean they'll make the playoffs? Possibly, but I, I don't, you know, I, I, but, but I know they, they'll win more than 22 games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Way. You know, they're going to win more than 22 games. And the majority of the times you're going to walk into the arena next year and you're going to feel like Grizzlies can win this game. They're going to play hard. They're going to play smart, and they can win the game. The part that I keep assuring myself, it comes back to what you said, is they have acquired competent basketball players, and in many cases they've done that by getting rid of guys who maybe weren't that. And so I, I do like I feel I feel good about that. I think there were times, even though we had that start of the season last year, that I think was mis I, I think it was misleading. I, I don't think the team would have been that good even if they stayed healthy. But because looking at their roster last year, going into the season, I would say they had maybe six NBA players. 
And so I'm, I'm encouraged this year where it's like, all right, we got rid of some of the people who I wasn't sure are NBA players, and, and we brought in different guys who, who, who I, I'm confident in. However, like guys like Omri Caspi and Garrett Temple, like, like who I like, they don't have much, they don't have a ton of successful NBA experience as far as being on, on good teams. I know Garrett Temple, uh, he was a bit player on the Wizards that, that were decent, but like these guys have don't have yep. a lot of playoff experience. So I know they're supposed to be good locker room guys and everything I've ever read about them, especially Garrett Temple being very outspoken. Like I like what I read, but I'm, I still feel like maybe you're trying to sell me something. I, I, I'm just, I'm nervous that again, like if, uh, you know, if Mike Conley isn't completely healthy, this is going to be another painful season for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Conley, he is he is clearly that important to uh, to what the Grizzlies do. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say though that the, the the difference is is, I mean, yeah, you, it, it, I just I have to go back to okay, so what you said about you know are they are they are they you know maybe trying to convince themselves that oh they're a playoff team or what you know. For me, I don't even. I'm not even trying to go there. I'm. I'm thinking you won 22 games last year. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, when Conley when Conley went down, you were so deficient at every at, at so many other parts on the on the team that it just fell apart without him. I think they've got better pieces around to where if Conley, who you know, I mean, the guy has never played like 80 games in his career, so you know, you're banking on like, you know, look, he'll probably miss. A healthy season for Mike Conley probably means he misses like 15 games or something throughout the throughout the course of a regular season, and I think they're better equipped to deal with that this year if that does happen with Conley. But I'm not even one that's sitting there trying to think like, oh, let's jump from 22 wins into the seven seed. You know, I to me, I'm like, let's jump from 22 wins and just. Get back to something respectable. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it, yeah. Know, like twenty-two yeah. wins, you're a cellar dweller. So, like, let's you know, if the Grizzlies can get to like, I mean, hell, if you could get to thirty-nine wins, at least like you've fielded a competitive basketball team for a season. You know, um, if you're close to five hundred, or you are five hundred, or maybe you're one game or two games over five hundred, uh, like that to me would be a step in the right direction, and especially going into a season. Uh, an off season, not to try to jump too far ahead, but the off season, like next off season, where you're going to have money to be able to do some stuff. Considering yeah. with what they had to work with this off season, I think they did a pretty good job with what they had to work with. I agree. I agree. And then I like say out of the side of my mouth, like that's they they got out of the hole they dug themselves. So I'm 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 happy about that in some instances. Uh, one thing I do like is they have set themselves up. And I say this on Twitter, sometimes trolling, uh, like they have actually prepared themselves for not getting much out of Conley. If that is the case, they acquired many guys who can dribble, which, and I don't mean that snidely, like they, they haven't had ball handlers, like, you know, Andrew Harrison, Tyreek Evans were about the only guys who could handle the ball. And there's been other years always, it's always like, who's the backup point guard. So I like like Garrett Temple can handle the ball a little Kyle Anderson, obviously, uh, you know, he sees himself as a point guard. He can handle the ball a little Shelvin Mack. If that deal ever goes through, like he's a competent NBA role player. Uh, so like I, I feel comfortable. The thing with the signing of the sh of Shelvin Mack, which, which I guess has, 
concerned or confused a lot of Grizzlies fans uh, is Andrew Harrison's role. I know he's not always been super popular among fans, but like, I really like him. I feel like they've invested a lot in him. He started a bunch of games. I feel like he's developing really nicely. He's a 6'6", combo guard, can play back a point. Um, but everyone's looking at his contract, which is only $200,000 guaranteed, and they have too many guys on the roster right now. Do you think there's any way like they would actually let Andrew Harrison go? I don't think so, and I think it's for a lot of the reasons that you stated. Um, one, he's gotten better in each of his two seasons uh, with the Grizzlies. He's gotten better as each season has gone on. He has improved. Um, while the shooting numbers are still not great, they were drastically improved from year from year one to year two. They they went up, um, and you know, look it, with what he shot as a rookie, it's pretty tough to get much worse than that, but, uh, you know, I guess he could have shot the exact same, but he didn't, he improved. Um, I thought his release was quicker on his jump shot. I thought he shot the ball with more confidence. Um, you know, I remember one time as a, when he was in there as a rookie, he got an eight second violation without even being, having been pressured (laughs) pressuring and bringing the ball. And he was just so terrified of everything that he just walked the ball up the court. Um, it reminded me, you know, Kalathis when he was with us for like his before he, you know, he turned the corner eventually. But when he was first playing uh, that that first year in Memphis, that he really struggled um, and didn't look confident and sure of himself. But you know, he eventually found himself. And I think, yeah, with what they've invested in Andrew, I mean, you look, you cut your two thousand what was Baldwin sixteen first round pick, yeah, uh, you, yeah, you cut him in favor of Andrew. So I mean that. <laughs> That's investing a lot in a guy, um, especially a guy who was what the forty fifth overall pick in a draft, um, or forty six, or where you know whatever it was, and they traded him to they Phoenix drafted him for the Grizzlies and you know flipped him for John Lure. Um, I, I don't see that because I, I think he is a guy that's improved. I think what they may have realized is that maybe he can't be our backup point guard behind Mike. He can't be our primary backup point guard because we get into trouble doing that, but. If we have him as like a, you know, a third, fourth, fifth ball handler that we can put out there that can guard, you know, guard some ones, can guard twos, um, can do some stuff like that, then, you know, there's there's more use for him on the roster. Maybe they they feel like we did a bad job, but maybe we put too much pressure on Andrew right out of the gate uh, with having him take those backup point guard duties. So. Um, maybe this takes some pressure off of him and kind of maybe it frees him up to perform a little better because he doesn't have as much pressure on him. Yeah, and he definitely showed some encouragement. I mean, obviously looking at the the shooting percentages like you mentioned, his first season was almost record-breaking how bad it was. But like just shooting 42% from the field, hitting a third of his threes, 33%, and then he, he, like he did everything else. It, it's, it's hard to take those stats, you know, from such a bad season for a team and be like how much is it real and how much is it growing. But as a Grizzlies fan – He's a guy I want to still see keep growing, and so I would definitely be disappointed if like they moved on. But if if he sticks around, how do you foresee that rotation going? Like at the two guard or or even the point position? Like would Conley, Mac, Harrison all play, and then like who would be at the two? Would Harrison play some two? Uh, is that going to be Dylan Brooks or Wayne Selden or uh, Garrett Temple? Like how would you see those minutes going? That, you know, that's like, that is like the magic question. What is, what is JB going to do? And here's a, 
here's one thing that, that is, you know, it's like, well, what are they going to do with all these? It's a good problem to have. You sure. know, it's, it's a good problem to have more competent basketball players than not because it gives you more options. Um, yeah, like I – is. Selden's a two, so Selden will log minutes at the two. I'm interested to see him. Uh, we know, obviously, you know, it's all you out there in Vegas. Summer League Selden uh, <laughs> is he's an animal. Summer League Selden's an animal, but and, and people say, well, he hasn't been able to translate it on to an NBA court. He hadn't even played a full season with the NBA game, so we have no idea if he can translate it to on an NBA court or not. We haven't seen him long enough. Like, I mean, forget last year, he had the same injury Kawhi Leonard had. Uh, last season, and so he was in and out. And when he came back at first, he played a couple games, and he got he re-injured that that quad and had to go right back out. Um, now he's got he got a history of injuries at Kansas and things like that. So you know the health is a that's a legitimate question about him. Can he stay healthy? If he's healthy, again you have to say that with a lot of Grizzlies guys. Right. Um, if he's healthy, he put an asterisk next to everybody. If healthy, um, he. He can play, man. Like I, I'm interested to see what he can do because you definitely see some. You definitely see a lot of NBA skills with the guy. Dylan, obviously, Dylan's going to get run. Um, Dylan, to me, is probably best suited as a guy coming off the bench um, that can get you buckets too. Um, I think we overhyped Dylan maybe a little bit just because of what he did last year as a rookie. And I look at it and say. Well, yeah, but the team won 22 games. So yeah, not on. I would Brooks, say uh, not, not on this podcast. We don't overhype him. He's a he's our favorite. Okay. Ninth, he's our favorite okay. eighth or ninth man. Like, let's keep him eighth or ninth man. We'll be great. Right. Yeah, I think I think Dylan as like your first wing off the bench is good. I and mean, that's fine. Your first or second wing guy off the bench. I think that's I think that's good. Yeah, yeah thirty nine wins. Yeah. Yeah, seventh, eighth minute. Yeah, I mean, like if you're trying to win forty games, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45 games, what is Dylan's? what is Dylan's role on that kind of team? And I think, I think you and I are probably pretty accurate on what it is. And it's probably, yeah, seventh, eighth, ninth man, um, something like that. Uh, Anderson will start, I would imagine. Uh, Temple will probably start too. Temple at the, so what, Temple at the two, yeah. Kyle at the three. Um, and then Davey's going to have his options, man. He can Kyle can play some four also. Yeah. And Temple could slide over to the three at times. And then you and then you can move Harrison to the off ball spot. Um, I think what you have to be excited with that is that with Kyle Anderson at the four can defend. Temple, if you slide him over to the three, can defend. Harrison at the two can defend the twos. Uh, so you at least have you have options there where you can. You can bring those different guys in and shift lineups, and they're all capable defensive players. Uh, so, I mean, it's a good problem to have. But, no, you're right. It's, it's going to be something JV's got to figure out. Like, I I mean, I can't see Harrison going from playing as much as he has to just not playing at all. Uh, so, surely there are going to be minutes for him. Where I don't know. Uh, right. Uh, let's look to the, the bright star of the future. We don't have to go deep into him, but everyone's excited. It seems across the NBA in Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, it seems like the Grizzlies, you know, whatever the draft history is, looks like they have a home run in Jaron Jackson Jr. Do you think uh, JB is going to let him start out of the gate alongside Mark? Uh, no, I think he'll be the first backup, uh, the first big backup off the bench. Um, I think it mainly is going to be right now a three big man rotation with Jamichael Gasol. 
and um, and Jaron and I, and I, I I could see Jaron moving into the starting lineup as the season goes on. That's a delicate situation with Jamichael too. And here's something sure. bigger: Jamichael's in a contract year, so Jamichael didn't get paid last time like he wanted to. He wanted the you know the four years forty whatever million dollars is what he wanted, forty or fifty million. That's what he wanted, and he didn't get that. So he's going to be playing for it this time, and there are a lot more teams that are going to have money this next offseason. Um, so that's a good thing to have, too. Jamichael's, I, I mean, Jamichael knows, like, I got another chance. I got one more chance to get paid uh, to get myself a really big contract or get myself a solid contract, you know, uh, that's a three-year deal or whatever, something like that. And so this is my opportunity to do it. Um, so, yeah, I think Jamichael will start. Jaron will be the first big off the bench. Um, and then the other thing is, I mean, I guess you look, I mean, Dakari Johnson is there and I guess Dakari could make the team. Um, they do need another big man behind Mark. Um, not even necessarily that they need to like, that has to like play every game, but you know, if Mark goes down for a couple games, um, and you got to throw someone in there that can just play, I mean, I don't know, 15 minutes a night, you know, give you some spot minutes and then the rest you could fill in with uh, smaller lineups or slide Jared over to the five at times, um, you know, you can do that. So I, yeah, I mean, I, people are concerned about having just the three bigs really that, that are primarily playing with Jamichael, uh, Jamichael, Jared and Gasol, but I'm not just because of how many options they have of sliding guys down that can play that stretch four, right. And then you move Jared into the five spot. So I don't think it's, I'm not as concerned about it as much as other people are. Yeah, I'm more concerned about the three spot. I was I was playing around with just the minutes, and it's like we have all these guys that you can slide down to four, like Parsons if he plays, Caspi, you know, can play four. Between Jamichael and Jaron and Gasol, they have the five lockdown. I was more like, who's going to play all the three minutes? Like, is it going to be Kyle Anderson? Is he going to play 36 minutes a night or something? And it'd be to split him with Dylan. But I guess, you know, a, a few more options, or at least it looks like the front court is uh, taken care of. And always they could call up, you know, Brandon Wright. He's free. You know, just he wants to come back, suit up one more time. <laughs> bring Brandon, yeah, bring Brandon, bring Brandon Wright back. Oh, but oh, I, I didn't really even answer your question. But yes, as far as Jaron goes, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Chris, I think Chris Wallace has said it, um, and I know fans. Some fans get you know a little annoyed with hearing from Chris Wallace, so I you know I get it. But uh, he's not wrong on this. He has a chance to be the best player this franchise has ever had. Um, he oh, has yeah. that kind of talent. He has the, not, you know, I've said it with Vern, I've said it with on Vernon's show that he has the Grizzlies have something here that if he develops offensively, defensively, he's, I mean, it's there. I mean, you don't see 18 years old, that 18 year olds that have these instincts defensively already. Like it just, you don't see that It block shots with both hands. It's free. I mean, it is freaking ridiculous. Um, he has top 10 player in the league potential. He has that. Whether he reaches it remains to be seen. His offensive game is going to have to develop for that to happen. Um, but he, he, he 100%, he has that potential. He has top 10 player in the league potential. Yeah, I, I, could, not be, I could not be more excited. Uh, don't screw this up, Chris. What is this kid going to be when he's 22? What is he going to be when he's 22 years Bill old? Bill Russell like with a three-pointer. Bill Russell with a three-pointer, and that's he's taller. What, that's what I'm and saying. I think he's still growing. I think I think he's still growing. I think he's going to be over seven feet by next season. Oh, I think I, he'll be over seven feet tall. He's six eleven right now, but I think he's still growing. I just started sweating when you said that. Well, it's kind of like uh, 
you know, uh, that Vernon and I talked about when we were down when we were there in Vegas for summer league. We said that about Jonathan Isaac when we saw Orlando. We're like, that kid looks taller than last year. And when we saw him <laughs> last year, we were like, by God, he's tall. And the hair helps him. The hair helps him. But he looks like he's grown. <laughs> hey, so uh, to, to wrap up, John or Roser, whatever you prefer, uh, we have a game on our show. We call it Game of Scones. Uh, this time you're not playing for any points, no elimination. This is just for fun. So uh, I'm going to be going over some of the guys who were added to the Memphis Grizzlies. And we're going to look at their career best points per game in a season. So we're going to compare career best points per game in a season with some guys that you may be familiar with. And you just tell me who has the highest career points per game in a season. Like uh, like last year, Marshawn Brooks averaged 20.1 points per game. That was his best season. So, And that will also never be touched. We didn't even talk about him. And we Is didn't he a talk thing? about him. Like, Marshawn's playing. Like, Marshawn will play because that's the one thing I've said, I've said with their offseason moves. I'm like, if they need somebody that can put the ball in the basket. Like, and Marshawn can put the ball in the basket. He can score. That's so, so it's so funny. I don't funny. know if he's 20 points per game on a good team, but he can play. He can score. If I didn't listen to Grind City Media, if I didn't listen to the Chris Vernon show, you know, kind of frequently, if I was just a, like my normal NBA consumption, I don't believe Marshawn Brooks is a thing. Like when they signed him to a guaranteed contract last year, I was stunned. And like I watched all those games of him going off, but you guys talking about like he's actually going to play. I don't feel like the rest of the NBA understands that because I wouldn't know it unless I listened to your show. Well, I think they see that's that's another underrated part of this next season too. The Grizzlies can play that underdog role, like they can sneak up and get some teams because nobody's expecting them to be anything great. Because let's face it, like to the general NBA consensus, the the people like the the moves the Grizzlies made, you know, like a lot of NBA writers, like Zach Lowe has mentioned it or whatever, but like they're solid, good moves, but they're nothing exciting on that. They're pretty boring, you know, and and the in you know speaking in terms of like the NBA world. Um, right. Everyone's just like, oh, oh man, the Grizzlies. Oh, they added Garrett Temple. They added Kyle Anderson. Blah, you know, like whatever. Uh, they can sneak up on people next year. Well, so so going back to the the game of scones. Speaking of those boring signings, uh, so the first question is, who averaged the most, or who had the best points per game in a season? Omri Caspi or Hakeem Warwick? So which one of those guys had the best, most points per game uh, in their best season? I'd say Hack. That's correct. Hakeem Warwick averaged 12.7 points per game, uh, I believe, in his first year, second oh, or third year. I thought it'd be year. higher than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it'd be higher than that. I thought, no. I thought Hack had like a 14 or 15 point per game season. 12.7, according to basketball reference. Omri Caspi's career high, 11.8 points per game. All right, you got that one. That was good. One one for one. Uh, Next, who had the best scoring season in points per game? Kyle Anderson or Sam Young? I'll say Sam Young. Uh, You overthought it. I tricked you. It it is Kyle Anderson, who last year averaged 7.9, a scintillating 7.9 points per game. Sam Young, the master of the pump fake, his career high was only 7.4. All right. Damn. <laughs> All right, you missed that one. All right, third question. Same question. Who has the best uh, points per game in a season? Garrett Temple 
or Wayne Seldon? Oh, wow. I mean, Wayne's only played like 30 games in his career. It's true. He played, <laughs> I, I, think he, I think he played 34 last year. This is a smaller sample size. Yeah. <laughs> and then the year before that, he played like, I don't know, like what, like 15 or something? Like, <laughs> right, I mean, right. <laughs> um, is Seldon who? Who's the other one? Garrett Temple. Newest Grizzly, Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple. Temple, Temple and Seldon. I mean, Temple's is... Temples isn't much. I'll say Seldon. That's correct. It's Wayne Seldon, who last year averaged 9.3 points per game in his 35 appearances. Garrett Temples' career high was also last year 8.4 points per game. So, again, All right. uh, these are solid veteran contributors. Maybe they don't fill it up. Uh, all right, finally, very last thing. This is impossible. I don't know if you have a pin nearby. Uh, rank... The following five players based on their highest points per game in a season. All right. Andrew Harrison. And? Quincy Pondexter. Garrett Temple. Dante Cunningham. And Darrell Arthur. All right. So we'll go hi- highest to lowest if you got all those names down. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm in my car and I have a pin, <laughs> but it's not working. So, oh, all right. so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find another one. I've got another pin here. I've got another pin. I just gotta hope it works. <laughs> all right, all right. Harrison. Yep. Temple. Yep. yep. Uh, Harrison Temple. Who else did you have in there? Quincy Pondexter. Dante Cunning. Dante Cunningham. And Darrell Arthur. And Darrell Arthur. So highest to lowest, what's your best guess? All right. Points per game. <laughs> highest to lowest. I'm going to go... Oh, crap. This is really hard. I'm, this is, they're, they're, they're all very close. This is really close. hard. No, like, there's, there's like no way you're going to get it right yeah, unless you're lucky. All- and they're all bench guys. Yeah. Who, oh, man. I'll go. Oh, crap, man. I want to say Pondexter won, but I died. Uh, I was not the biggest Quincy fan. I was not a fan at all of Quincy, actually. He was one of my least favorite Grizzlies ever. <laughs> right. It was more hype than it was actual play on the court. Um who just saw he was six eight and long, and they're like, "Oh, he could be a three and D guy." Or he averaged fifteen points per game in the Western Conference Finals, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, we got swept." Yeah. He, exactly. Like, That's what I tell people all the time. Crap. He hit a bunch of threes in a series where we were losing. Where no 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 in a series where. Yeah, the reason he was wide open and hitting threes is because that's what Greg Popovich wanted. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they wanted him doing that. Yeah, like, all right. Sure, like Quincy Pondex for making shots. Great. As long as Tommy and Gasol are killing us. All right, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're now avoiding the question. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll go. Oh, crap. I'll go. Okay, I'll go Pondexter. Yep. Uh, Darrell Arthur. Yep. Um, Temple. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, crap. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. no. 
I'm going to go Harrison one. Yep. I'm going to go Harrison one. Harrison, Pondexter, Darrell, Temple, Cunningham. That's pretty good. It's not correct, but yes, you got it. Andrew Harrison is first. All right. So, so you got that. Well, he started so much last year. Yeah. Like he had to score. He had the ball in his hands all So he, he averaged 9.5 points per game. You got Quincy and Darrell Arthur mixed up, but they were next. Darrell Arthur, 9.1 in his best season. Quincy Pondexter, 9.0 in his best season. And then Dante Cunningham, oh. eight, Dante Cunningham, 8.7 in his best. And in last place, our boy Garrett Temple, who I'm honestly very excited about having. But, uh, yeah, 8.4 is his best season. So. You were a good sport hey, to, uh, to give it a shot. Hey, as someone who has to be in the locker room after every game, it got pretty tiring having to only go to Gasol and Dylan Brooks last year for quotes after the game. <laughs> I'm excited that there are going to be a lot more guys in the locker room that are going to be worth talking to after the games this season. Yeah, and I'm excited that there's going to be a lot more guys worth watching actually play basketball on the court. So uh, everyone wins. Yeah. Well, hey, yes. uh, John, Com- thanks so much for... Competent uh, basketball. <laughs> right, right. Competent basketball. Right. The Memphis Grizzlies 2018-19. Get your season tickets now. Uh, hey, man, thanks so much for uh, coming on. Uh, tell people where they can uh, check out your opinions uh, in the future. Uh, always uh, grindcitymedia.com. Uh, Chris Vernon Show daily broadcasting video and audio live at noon. Of course, you can listen to the podcast later on. You can download that iTunes, um, SoundCloud, whatever. And uh, you can also watch the show. The shows are archived video-wise, too. So you can watch those there. Um, you can hear me on the sub- next upcoming Grizzly season after every home game on uh, 92.9 on the Grizzlies Radio Network. Uh, and then I will be broadcasting the uh, – I'll be doing color commentating for the Memphis Hustle Games, which, interesting to see, who's going to be the new coach of the hustle. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've asked, I've, I've asked around about it to try to find something out. And I think what I've gathered is that probably not until the Grizzlies have completely settled all of their free agent stuff that then they'll move to that because hustle training camp starts after Grizzlies training camp. Um, you know, the hustle season doesn't start until like November. So they've, they've got a little time. You so, know, who's, uh, you know, who's um, available. Yeah. Uh, Who is that? Tony Allen. Tony Allen is available. I'm just saying, coach Tony the Allen hustle. Hey, he's coached. He's coached at that uh, that NBA PA 100 camp. That, that he's done oh. that like two years in a row with like the top hundred high school kids or something. Nice. Um, he's coached at that. I think it's like in Virginia. He's coached at that the last two years. So I mean, maybe TA is going to transition into coaching. Let's make it happen. Hey, hey look, if even if the even if the team. Like, if the Grizzlies team this year, if anybody, like, gets hurt or doesn't pan out, dude, like, we got, like, Van Exel, we've got Stackhouse, we've got Vitaly Pot. Like, we can just make Vitaly Potapinko, like, assistant coach slash Mark's backup center. Yeah. We just do that. <laughs> I'm a super – that was kind of – I meant to get to that earlier. That kind of tied into my whole, like, PR – it feels like a PR thing. It feels like they're just trying to appeal to – basketball fans in their late thirties. These are all my favorite players. Like we have Van Exel and Stackhouse. This is incredible. I know that is awesome. It is pretty cool. looking over on that bench and you see Jerry Stackhouse and Nick Van Exel. Like I hope, uh, I, I, again, I hope it translates like, onto the court. <laughs> me too. Hey, and if it doesn't, you just, you can put them in. Yeah. 
You got to let me know uh, uh, if you ever find out if Stackhouse has a good sense of humor. Let me know because we have a long recurring joke on our show about him, and I'd like to figure that out before I ever, uh, you know, maybe run into him. Yeah, we're hoping to have him in. We're I, we're trying to get him in this week. Uh, this kind of this is the kind of portion of the off season though where like nobody's here, right? <laughs> you know, like they're all gone. They're all on vacation. Um, that time after summer league, like they just all get away. Everyone gets away, and so I think uh, I think a lot of the coaches, coaching staff, players—they've all been doing a little uh, little R and R before they got to be back here and start getting ready. Yeah, before we hit the grind. Well, once again, hey John, uh, thanks a bunch for your time, and look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, man, no problem. Enjoy it. Have fun. All right, thanks to John Roser for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at John underscore. Roser, uh, it was good talking to him again. We went deep on the the weeds. Obviously, that's what I wanted to do. We're not just going to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. You're going to be hearing about Jaron Jackson Jr. all season long. It's going to be awesome. All right, if you want more fast break breakfast, you can get that at Patreon.com/slash Fast Break Breakfast. Follow me on Twitter at Fast Break Break. Like us on Facebook and on Instagram. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening, and remember. Breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being TNG. Fair break, break, man. You understand?